Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book one of Augustine's Confessions, after narrating his infancy and his acquisition of language, he then tells us about his education, the years that he spends going to school. In some respects, Augustine is quite fortunate that his parents can afford to send him to school. On the other hand, his school experiences are in large part quite negative. And we could say that there's a lot of mistaken priority going into not just how students are educated, but what they're actually learning. And the adults are, you know, largely to blame for that. So this begins in chapter nine, and he says that it was impressed upon me that to behave properly as a boy, I must obey my teachers. Why? This was all that I might succeed in the world and excel in those arts of speech, which would serve to bring honor among men and to gain deceitful riches. Hence, I was sent to school to acquire learning, the utility of which, wretched child that I was, I did not know. So the adults are giving Augustine this consistent message. Hey, the way to a good life is through education. And so you've got to go to school to acquire learning. Now, it's very interesting if you think about this. Kids really never know why the hell they're supposed to be there, what this learning is, until they've actually acquired it. And maybe some of them never do, or maybe the teachers are bad, and maybe they acquire miseducation that then has to be corrected later on or never does get corrected. So it's impressed upon him a couple basic principles, you might say. You need to obey your teachers. And you could ask, well, why do I need to obey my teachers? Well, the answer is because they're your teachers and they're authorities and they're the ones who know better than you, right? And then what is he supposed to be seeking? Success, honor, riches. This is a very instrumentalized understanding of education and one that we see many people articulating today, right? They're captivated by this notion that education is going to make you healthy and wealthy and wise, right? The art of speech that he's supposed to be studying, Augustine will in fact go on to become a rhetorician and to teach rhetoric. It's supposed to give him access to these things. So in a, in a way, instead of like concentrating on the studies for their own sake, he's supposed to do that so that he can be a success in life. And this is what his parents want, and this is what other adults are telling him he needs to do. Now, one of the key aspects of pedagogy at the time is corporal punishment, beating, beating students. He says that if I was slow at learning, I was beaten. And he talks about this in a number of places in the coming chapters. Does this actually help people to learn? No, as a matter of fact, we know that this is often counterproductive, but the idea is that you induce fear and that that fear will make the person concentrate on their studies because they don't want to incur the punishment. And the adults view this as a good method. This is great pedagogy. And they're themselves saying, well, this is what happened to me back when I was young. So obviously I turned out okay. It must be good for you as well. And we could probably say that about the sadistic teachers that 
that he runs into as well. He says, this method was praised by our forebears, many of whom had passed through this life before us and laid out the hard paths we were forced to follow. And this leads Augustine to his first prayers. He says, we discovered certain men prayed to you and he learned from them and imagined you as far as we could as some sort of mighty one who could hear us and help us, even though not appearing before our senses. While still a boy, I began to pray to you, my help and my refuge. And in praying to you, I broke the knots that tied my tongue. So this is his initiation into prayer. Please, Lord, stop these people from beating me. Right? He says, I prayed that I would not be beaten at school when you did not hear me. And it was not to be reputed following me. My punishments, which were then a huge and heavy evil to me, were laughed at by older men and even by my own parents who wish no harm to befall me. So people see Augustine praying and they're like, look at this stupid, stupid little kid. God's not going to save him from the, the switch or the ruler or whatever it's going to be, the rod. Augustine does tell us that he was not a good student. He says, we sin by writing, reading, and thinking over our lessons less than was required of us. There was in us no lack of memory or intelligence, for you willed that we should have them in sufficient measure for our years. But what did we want to do? We wanted to play. We didn't want to buckle down and read these things and think about them. And he says, no one has pity on either children or grown-up men or on both. Perhaps some fine judge of things approves my beatings. And and he asks, did the very man who beat me act differently from me? If he was outdone by a fellow teacher in some trifling discussion, he was more tormented by anger and envy than I was when beaten by my classmates. So these beatings are not particularly edifying. And Augustine tells us a little bit later, uh, this is in uh, chapter 13, 12, 12 and 13, that he actually has to be compelled to study. And he tells us that I did not love study. I hated to be driven to it, but I was driven to it. And actually, you know, some good came out of this. It wasn't good that I was beaten. That's a bad thing. But it was good that I learned certain things because of it, because I wouldn't have been doing it. He says, I didn't do good myself. I would have learned nothing unless forced to it. No one does good against his will, even if what he does is good. Nor did those who drove me on do well. The good was done to me by you, God, for setting things up and allowing me to, to learn some matters, right? We find out that he enjoyed learning Latin. And now we should keep in mind, too, that Augustine, Latin was probably not his original language, although it was widely spoken. He probably spoke some variety of Punic. And then, you know, Latin is spoken all around in, in various parts. But he has to learn it because hearing a language and actually understanding how it works, those are two different things. And then he's also supposed to learn Greek. And he doesn't really like to read Greek. He says, the first first stages of our education where we learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, I considered no less a burden and punishment than all the Greek courses. But he tries and then he says, why did I hate Greek literature, which, you know, sings of all these sorts of things. And he says, we're forced to learn these matters, right? And he's beaten sadistically by his Greek teacher, teachers, and he doesn't really learn Greek because of that. They used cruel punishments and threats. They, in effect, cut him off from an opportunity to learn a foreign language well, a foreign language that would have opened up to him entire worlds of culture at the time. 
we can ask, what was Augustine actually learning? And was it in fact good? Now, Augustine says that the capacities, learning to read and write, for example, learning arithmetic, learning that was good. The way in which he learned it, getting beaten if he didn't make progress, not so good, right? But learning to be able to read language, to write, to compose, to articulate thoughts, that is actually quite helpful. When it comes to the ways in which it's taught in terms of content, Augustine says, not really great. So, you know, if we focus, for example, on chapter 16, he talks about, we studied these Greek myths, right? And those are not particularly good. As a matter of fact, they're actually bad for us because we're learning all sorts of bad examples. For a prime example, Zeus screwing around on his wife. And we talk about how Jove rains a golden shower into Danai's lap and thus tricks the girl. You know, we're learning words. We're learning words like golden shower, lap deceit, temples of heaven, and things like that. And he says, in no way, in no way whatsoever, are these words used here learn more easily because of this filthy scene, but because of these words that vile deed is more boldly perpetuated. I'm not condemning the words themselves, but the wine of error, which through them was preferred to us by drunken teachers, unless we took it in, we were beaten, and we had no freedom of appeal. So they are having to read all these stories, these myths and legends and, and plays and poems about the Greek gods and the awful things that they're doing. And they're told, this is what you actually need to take into your mind. And so, you know, that's a problem. Augustine talks a little bit later about having to give a speech in which he says, the task was assigned to me that disturbed my mind either by reason of the praise or disgrace to be awarded or fear of a flogging. So he's already nervous about this, both because he doesn't want to get beaten and because he wants to do well. I was to speak Juno's words as she expresses anger and sorrow because she could not turn back the Trojan king from going to Italy. So this is from Virgil's Aeneid, right? I'd heard Juno never spoke those words, yet were compelled to wander off and follow in the steps of these poetic fictions and to put into prose what the poet had spoken in verse. He says, what did this matter to me, God, my true life? For what good was I for my declamation acclaimed above so many of my schoolmates and boys of the same age? What was all this but smoke and wind? Was there no other subject on which to exercise my talents and tongues? I could have used God's praises in scriptures, but instead I'm messing around with this stuff from my contemporary culture. And so Augustine thinks that's not particularly good. And this was part of the way in which literature was taught. Uh, when we hear about grammar in the ancient world, grammar is not just learning what we call grammar now, it was also reading literature and, and figuring out how to rearrange it to compose. What about lessons about life? What really counts? What counts as success? Here he gets the wrong lessons. He says, I mean, first of all, the lesson that you should beat students to motivate them, bad lesson, right? The fact that it's been going on for generations doesn't make it a good thing. Focusing in on the wrong sorts of matters, you know, worldly success. As he points out a little bit later, what they made me do is focus on speaking well. But here's a great passage. Regard, O Lord, my God, regard as is your 
your want, how carefully the sons of men observe the proprieties as to letters and syllables received from former speakers, and how they neglect everlasting covenants of eternal salvation, which they have received from you. So if a man who accepts or teaches the ancient conventional forms of pronunciation violates the rules of grammar and utters the word homo, which is human being, without sounding the H in the first syllable, he will offend men more than if contrary to your laws, he who is a man himself would hate another person. It is as if he thought an enemy more pernicious to him than his own hatred by which he is aroused against another. What is Augustine saying here? They have a mistaken sense of priority about what they're focusing on, what they're teaching, what they're compelling students to learn. And so they're getting an education that's halfway a miseducation and is not really preparing them well for their life afterwards and is probably damaging them morally. So this is Augustine's account of the education that he received. He's not actually, you know, making any excuses for himself. He's not saying that he was totally innocent. He admits that he didn't want to focus on his studies, but the studies themselves and the ways, the means that were used to get Augustine to study are not particularly productive either. And that is the fault of those themselves miseducated adults. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.